are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I'm joined by our Senior Asia Economist, Kevin Shear. Hi Kev, how are you? Uh, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah. Well, thank glad, you. Glad to be here. Yes, there is actually a lot going on in terms of, I guess, the policy agenda in China. Last time you and I did a podcast, we are talking about decarbonisation of the Chinese economy and how they were learning by doing. Since then, there's been power shortages, uh, a default by a key Chinese property company. And with that as well, it looks like the Chinese policymakers are really promoting the idea of common prosperity as a key policy agenda going forward. So there's obviously a lot of different things we can talk about, but we're going to focus on that common prosperity. Now, what is it and how has it kind of been evolving in China? Yeah, there's a lot going on right now. Common prosperity is really about uh, reducing inequality. Uh, in according to economic theory, some inequality is good because it supports economic uh, growth. It encourages people uh, to work harder, invest more, and take greater risk for better returns and wealth. But on the other hand, some severe inequality can deprive economic growth. The shift of a uh, large share of wealth to rich households contributes to rising savings rather than spending and productive investment. And severe um, inequality can also lead to underinvestment in human capital by poor households, such as education, you know, healthcare, technology, etc. So the aggregate effect of underinvestment in human capital and rising savings can constrain economic growth. A rising inequality can be also a social issue, the increased concentration of wealth in rich uh, households has sparked revolutions in some countries and radical changes in others. Inequality can also be an issue uh, in the business world and business that become too big can dominate their market and reduce competition and innovation. It is easier to underinvest not innovate and reduce service when you have no or fewer competitors. Ultimately, you know, returns on capital will fall and economic growth slows. So we first heard of the idea of common prosperity in China during the 1950s, during Chairman Mao's era. I mean, obviously, China's evolved substantially since that period. So what is the history of common prosperity in China and, and why do you think it's gaining more prominence in terms of the policy agenda? Yeah, you are absolutely right. The concept of common prosperity is not new. And in, as you said, it was first mm-hmm. mentioned in the 1950s uh, during Chairman Mao's era. You know, at that time, China was a very, very poor country with a very low inequality. So Deng Xiaoping introduced the inequality to encourage economic growth in China. 
his decision of letting some people get rich first led to an era opening up and reform in the 1980s. But in recent years, uh, rising inequality has caused uh, social discontent. It may have been a drag on economic growth. The growing consensus among the policymakers and the population is that the, the balance has tipped too far mm. to supporting economic growth, but not enough to spreading the benefits of economic growth. There has been a shift in policy objectives in recent years, and policymakers have emphasized quality growth over numerical growth targets. So on 1st of July 2021, President Xi announced the Chinese government has delivered the first centenary goal of a moderately uh, prosperous society. As China moving towards the second uh, centenary goal of building a great modern socialist country, so we expect the common prosperity will become a dominant long-term policy uh, theme in coming decades. So where does China rank in terms of inequality? So we can look at income inequality, we can look at wealth inequality. Uh, listeners out there may be well acquainted with the Gini coefficient, so that's one really easy way to look at inequality. How does China stack up on some of those metrics? Yeah, you know, all these statistics shows that, you know, uh, widening income and uh, wealth inequality in China, it doesn't matter which new metric uh, you look at. Uh, it's, it's very apparently um, decades of strong economic growth benefit uh, almost everyone, mm. but unevenly. Mm. You know, the share of national income owned by the top 10% of the population has increased at the expense of the bottom 50%. Um, the income inequality is also observed in the rural urban gap and also the regional gap between affluent coastline, coastal line provinces and developing inland provinces. Um, income inequality is not unique to China. It is a global phenomenon. Uh, inequality has risen in almost every country over the past few decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, inequality is worse, it's worse in some country than others, uh, income inequality is relatively high in China by global standard. Yeah, I'm just looking at the chart you've included in your research paper and and certainly you can see that some countries are more unequal than others, uh, but China is certainly um, up there compared to some other developing and developed economies. So what does common prosperity mean in practice? So we can talk about reducing income inequality, but I guess how do you, how is China going to go about it? Yeah, so in practice, you know, the main objective of common prosperity is really uh, reducing inequality while growing the economy. And in recent years, the Chinese government has already implemented uh, measures to reduce uh, inequality, including eradicating poverty and expanding the coverage of basic health insurance and pension. And as China gets richer and the population gets older, the intention is to create a more equal and better social welfare society. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chinese government aims to strengthen its role in providing uh, basic uh, services. You know, these services include child care, education, uh, medical services, and elderly 
uh, care, housing, and other social assistance. Um, but there are some concerns, and people ask if uh, common prosperity equals robbing the rich to give to the poor. But top officials have repeatedly dismissed uh, this concern. The aim is to grow the economy so that everyone's income, wealth, and opportunities can increase, um, but more equally. So how can this be achieved? So, I mean, I guess every country has done it slightly differently. How do you think China will go about doing that? Yeah, you are right. You know, the international experience shows the drivers of inequality uh, vary across countries, mm. and there are no one size fit all inequality reduction policies. Uh, the Chinese government initially published the policy guidelines in 2013. The latest policy announcements are consistent with the previous guidelines. So the key objective is to achieve an olive-shaped wealth distribution. Policy measures will be focused on increasing the size of the middle-income population mm. and improving welfare for the low-income population. And so there are three perspectives on this. Uh, the first is uh, increasing labor income. The government will focus on lifting employment and strengthening uh, labor rights protections. Uh, big tech companies uh, have been pressured to increase labor compensation, improve work-life balance, and raise social protection. The strengthened regulatory oversight and ongoing capital market reform will likely improve efficiency of resource allocation and increase returns for market participants. And second, the government will reduce inequality by reforming taxes and fiscal transfer. The experience in advanced economy shows new tax and fiscal transfers can help reduce inequality. Compared to rich countries, personal income tax revenue is very low in China. Mm. So there is plenty of room for future personal tax reform. Some rich countries have property tax and inheritance tax. The property tax taxes are currently being piloted in Shanghai and Chongqing. Now, we expect uh, this policy experiment will expand to more cities in uh, coming years. And third, the government needs to improve the mechanism to encourage donations by corporates and individuals. And the amount of charitable giving in China is very low compared to developed countries. China's first charity law only came into effect in 2016. This is a welcome development, but additional institutional reforms are required. For example, disclosure requirements and low expense limits need to be improved. I've got to say, like looking at your report, the chart you have on charitable donations as a percentage of 2016 GDP is quite remarkable just how low China is. I mean, it's it's low compared to Japan and Australia, which is low compared to countries like the US and, and Canada. So there's obviously a lot of room to improve there. So, I mean, this is all, I guess, really good developments and we all understand the, the want to reduce inequality and make society more equal. Will there be implications for the economy as a result of this because as as we've talked about before China does have a lot of other 
policies on their agenda. As I said, we talked about decarbonisation before, looking at increased competition with the US, energy reform as well, given the energy challenges it's now facing. What are some of the implications of this new policy agenda? Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. The long-term impact of reducing inequality, you know, needs to be considered with other policy themes and also uh, China's long-term uh, uh, challenges. Mm. So we think this uh, pursuit of common prosperity will facilitate uh, multiple shifts uh, in the economy. You know, first, uh, we think an acceleration in economic rebalancing from investment consumption. Um, the policy of uh, common prosperity will shift a greater share of fiscal spending from public investment to public services. Mm. So these policies will support, uh, you know, labor income growth, uh, support uh, employment, uh, strengthen the social safety net, and covering a rising share of living costs. So the trend of increased public services will likely support household uh, consumption, help pull down elevated house, household savings in China, yeah. and particularly precautionary savings. Mm. Second, the government will likely increase taxes to pay for the expansion of public services. So we expect that the uptrend in government leverage will continue. Mm. Um, but the Chinese government has vast state-owned assets. So we expect that the government will sell down public assets over time, uh, a similar trend in advanced economies. Third, we expect the Chinese investment will gradually shift from commodity-heavy mm. housing, construction, and traditional infrastructure to new growth drivers, such as uh, advanced manufacturing, renewable energy, and technological innovation. So we hold our long-run view that house, housing construction, uh, a traditional driver for Chinese uh, economy, will fall. Fourth, the government's pursuit of uh, common prosperity uh, may help enhance productivity by shifting investment into human capital. Uh, at China's current level of development, investment efficiency has deteriorated in recent years because of raising you know, labor costs and other costs, uh, high leverage uh, in the old economy and diminishing returns. The expansion of public services can improve investment in human capital uh, especially among poor households and benefit, uh, you know, uh, these households and uh, the Chinese uh, economy in the long run. It's been a, it's been fascinating to watch, I guess, the, the changes to the Chinese economy over recent decades and it sounds like there's just going to be as many changes in the next uh, couple of decades as well as they embark on new policy agendas. Kev, it's been great to get your insights and what has been a very busy time for you with everything going on in China so I appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks, glad to be here. Now you can read Kevin Shear's report on how common prosperity can influence the Chinese economy which was published on the 16th of September 2021 on combankresearch.com.au. I'm going to put your podcast out tomorrow. Um, yep. So I'll edit it and put it out tomorrow. I've just I'm going to got to do one with Gareth for today. So yep. that that yep. will all work out okay. well. Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks. Thank Kev. you very much. I'll let you Belinda. go. Yeah. I'll talk to you later. Cool. Bye. Talk soon. Bye bye.